0: Hello, everyone. It is your buddy and your pal Ouch back again with the Q and Ouch number seven. It's hard to come up with a different intro for all these when you do them in bulk, but Here we are answering questions. If you have a question, hit me up on the social medias at just OUCH, capital J-U-S-T, capital A-E-W-C-H, or shoot me an email, OUCH64 at gmail.com. And if you like what I do, think about a donation. Please, oh, please, oh, please i need positive reinforcement just go to anchor.fm slash ouch and click the support button with all that being out of the way let's start with some questions i need an intro button for this part maybe sometime later question 131 do i have a favorite walt disney film ah well this is my joke, I have to say, it's the Little Mermaid. Because when you're four and you're exposed to a clamshell bra, you don't forget that. I mean, talk about sea cups. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Yes, it is a great joke, yes, thank you. He, yes, I know, fantastic joke by me, thank you. Here's my favorite part, when I tell that joke, to females, the look I get is just you're an idiot, and yet that's kind of funny. And I appreciate that look every single time. Now, the real answer, I think, is gonna have to be Toy Story. Just because of the idea that all of a sudden, the, the, the switch from regular hand-drawn animated movies to 3D-sculpted stuff like Toy Story, that's mind-blowing to, like, a seven-year-old. It was, at the time, in the 90s, because no one had ever seen something like that. Nowadays, people see realistic stuff on their phone apps, so it's a little different now. But see, but Toy Story, I think, just for the aspect of the complete jump in technology from hand-drawn to 3D animation. It just stood out because as a kid, you don't see that stuff. Granted, I was listening to like 50s and 60s from my parents on the radio, but that question, Toy Story, like the story still stands out and it looks really good. So I'm going to have to say, Toy Story probably number one. I mean, I've seen... I don't know if you count Pixar. That's the only thing. Do you have to put an asterisk by that? Does it count? I'm not sure. But for the time being, I'm going to have to say the original Toy Story. Question 134. Do I disguise my emotions well? You know what? I think I do. Because I had to temper myself in school. Because, hey, you know, long story short, you get a bad nickname, it's stuck with you. So I basically just had to learn to ignore everyone. So I got a emotional poker face like you wouldn't believe. So I know I just bring that shield down, you don't know what I'm thinking. And even if people did realize it, like, if I'm angry or something like that, I'm not going to expose them to how I'm feeling, especially if it's not their fault. Like, I have always said, energy travels from person to person. So, if you're angry and you're being outlandish about it, you yell at someone, all of a sudden they're angry, and it just keeps going. So, I have always said... I don't let people know so that they don't get the bad energy or the bad angry emotions or whatever like that. So I've always tried to stop where my emotions are at solely so no one else feels the effects of it. And then I might have to skip this question or just fold it in with this one. Question 136, do people think I'm nice or mean? It's hard to tell. Because I bring down the emotional shade, and you can't tell. I'm just, you know, if I just stand there, plain-faced, folding, waiting for class to start, it's, no one really knows what I'm thinking. Do I like it like that? To an extent? Because, again, for the most part, it's not the per- like, if the person asking me a question It's not their fault if I'm angry, sad, uh, untrustworthy, misshapen, whatever whatever the question may be. So I always try to temper the emotions like steel so that they don't go to where it's undeserved, unrequited, not wanted, things like that. So answer your question, I th- I think I can disguise them well. Question 139. Do I have a favorite magazine? Why, I can tell you for a fact, Read Only Magazine at readonlymagazine.com really does a great product there. Not just because I'm in it and I'm in every issue, but they do gr- a great layout. It's It is a great retro-inspired indie magazine dealing with video games and stuff like that. I have always been a fan. I am a writer for it. I love video games. It all fits together. Readonlymagazine.com. Get yourself a digital... Get yourself the magazine in digital or print format, depending on what's left. I don't know. But readonlymagazine.com. I've got you, right? I'm getting paid $200 for this ad. You better believe it. Now, the real answer... Growing up, I we did have a subscription to Nintendo Power. That was like one of those magazines. It probably didn't really say, "Hey, this game's kind of bad, don't play it because it was all done by Nintendo." It did really good level designs, layouts, uh, strategies, like that like though that level was always really good. Like the only reason I know the first six levels of Banjo-Kazooie is because I read those two issues over and over and over again because they had the strategy guides and the pento power. As I grew up, it then became EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly. I still have probably about 10 years worth of magazines sitting in my room right now. I kind of want to keep them because I think that can work for a project I might be working on. I'm not sure. I might I might donate them. There are, you know, video game history places that will, like, digitize them. We'll keep a physical copy. But then they'll do a really cool thing of anyone who donates, they will send these spare magazines to, which is really cool. It might go to them eventually. But I would say in between Nintendo Power... Electronic Gaming Monthly. I I'll even go one step further, now that I have jogged the memory. A mid-90s, maybe early 2000s, there was a, I want to say a fan magazine, similar to Read Only Magazine, but I think all it covered was just Dragon Ball Z fandom. I know I had a subscription to that, but none of it was like, it wasn't like an official shonen jump thing it only covered dragon ball z and it was like fan art it was episode reviews maybe it was a few other things i don't quite remember it's been a while since i've actually seen them and i can't even remember what it was called it was some special company dragon ball z i can't remember it was all All unofficial Dragon Ball Z fandom, which you can now easily get online. That's not an issue anymore. But that one was at least interesting, because for, again, anything done solely by fans, you have to give credit to. And that was back in the days when you could actually still get it printed, and there were still newsstands. You can get them on there. So, Nintendo Power as a kid, as a teenager, Electronic Gaming Monthly, and that weird Dragon Ball Z fan zine that I don't know the name of. Those three are probably some of my favorite magazines. Question 148. What's my relationship to money? Like, this is actually a good, deep question. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I now understand, let me rephrase that, I understand why you need money. Especially nowadays, times are tough. Inflation is killing everything. Gas prices are insane. Which I think is important why. Try not to be a miser about money. I do not connect money to happiness. I understand you need money to cover your bills, buy food, things like that. I understand that, but I know I just can't leave and pretend that the kindness and goodness of people's hearts are going to get me through. So, but I do separate those two. Like, don't get me wrong, would I love it if this podcast just started blowing up and I got sponsorship money, I had a bunch of uh, donators, you, you can find that anchor.fm slash ouch, find support button there. Don't get me wrong, I would love that. But the reason I do the podcasts or the articles I write for, things like that, is trying to get some appreciation for the artistic inspirations, aspirations, whatever. When someone says, hey, I like your writing, I think you're funny, all that kind of stuff does more than, hey, you got a big wallet. Don't get me wrong, people will like big wallets because people are vain. Don't get me wrong. The only thing I can offer is being a sugar daddy. That's about where I'm at right now. There, money has that power as well, but in terms of me and my spirit, soul, whatever you want to call it, my creative aspirations, those don't require money to do because I can tell you for a fact whenever you I do these projects on and off all the time I've done blogs podcasts videos twitch the whole deal can money act as a positive reinforcement yes I'm not saying it wouldn't but the thing is I will disappear for a little bit again low self-esteem, bad mood, I might stop doing this at any time, you never know. But I always come back to it. And it's not like it's going to make the next project is going to make me any money whatsoever. But I'm still coming back to it because I feel as though I'm meant to I have something to offer artistic-wise, entertainment-wise. Something along those lines, you know, medium doesn't matter. It could be podcasts, it can be writing, it can be Morse code, whatever. The fact that I am still coming back to creative projects that do not support you, I think that means a little bit more than just the money. I think that is more... You know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's some philosophy 101 bullshit, don't get me wrong. But it makes the most sense when you are appreciated for what you like to do. I find, I think, that's way bigger. Understanding, I hate I hate to keep repeating this because I don't want you to think I'm a hippie dippy hippie. Understanding that the money is important too it's just in a different way. Money pays my bills, it does not earn me experience. Do you know what I mean? Does that sound cool? Money does money pays your bills, money doesn't earn you experience. I don't know. That could be a lesson in there. I don't know. The what I am trying to do with what you're listening to right flipping now means a lot more to me than a raise or retirement or anything like that. Don't get me wrong, if I win the lottery tomorrow you will never hear my fat ass again but until that happens this podcast and the writings and the funny stuff I try to do, that means way more, way way much more to me than just what my paycheck says. Like I will honestly tell you this right now I don't know what I get paid per hour. I don't know when I get paid. And I really couldn't care less. It's such a weird thing to say. Don't get me wrong. Again, my heart goes out, you know, pandemic, weird times, the whole deal. The people who lost their jobs, I have empathy for. And I'm probably saying it because I'm in a weird position where I can. But it, the money is not. Bring the happiness. That's the whole thing. Having it is important. It shouldn't be what your soul sits on. Do you know what I mean? You have to have something outside of that that brings you joy. More than just making money. The side project, the hobbies, what have you. This became an actual long question, which is actually good. Overall, if you have something that you like to do do it. If it gets you money, should not be the ending of the question. But that question is the end of the show. Thank you again for listening. Check out all the social media stuff and all that, because you never know when things will to be continued. Well, that'll about do it for this time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ouchcast. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at justouch, capital J-U-S-T, capital A-E-W-C-H. Or send an email to ouch64 at gmail.com. And if you really want to show your appreciation, Consider a monthly donation to this little old podcaster. Click on the link in the episode description to find out more. Until next time, everybody, you'll hear from me soon enough. Bye bye